Hello, welcome to Cafe with Strangers. It's me, Moni. I am recording this episode. This is going to be uh, a review of Society of the Snow. It is January 4th, 2024, and Society of the Snow is officially on Netflix. If you have listened to any of the previous episodes before, specifically Society of the Snow, the story of Uruguayan Flight 571, if you're into that, you can go ahead and uh, listen to that because there probably will be spoilers. Unless you already know the story and have, or have seen the movie, then, you know, do you boo. Um, but I'm really excited. It was just after midnight today when I saw that it was uploaded and I really was so tempted to stay up and watch it. But it's two and a half hours and I had work the next day. So I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Not only that. I actually, right now, should be doing something additional for work. I'm supposed to have this done completed by 7.55 in the morning tomorrow. I have a little bit left that I need to do. I have the majority of it done. But I want to watch this. I I can't put it up. I mean, I shouldn't. Whatever. I want to watch this. Anyways, I am also so nervous. Not nervous. It's the wrong choice of words. But I have been looking forward to this movie for a couple of months now. It's an incredible story of what it means to push yourself, push your own boundaries in an extreme way. And just like a lot of the positivity that ended up occurring. And just when you take a a bad moment in your life or moments in your life and you try to do something positive with it i'm a sucker for that shit and so with this movie i'm almost like so nervous to watch it and also because i saw the trailer and read up on it i'm like really nervous they'll be disappointed but i'm not i know i'm not going to because i saw a whole bunch of um reviews i've I've watched a couple not reviews but i've seen a couple of um basically it's been praised in terms of like the director creating this and apparently it took him like this isn't like in the making in 10 years up 10 years or something like that i don't know anyways um i had this earlier i still have some of this so this is from a shop in ballard in the seattle area called miro and it's a it's a pink chai because there's anise anisa in it pistachio black pepper i think anyways it's really good even if it's now that it's lukewarm it's really good i also prepared an herbal tea vanilla pepperoni or something like that it's a yogi brand i also thought it was very fitting that it comes with a little message on the tea bag and it says let your need be to help those in need very fitting for this okay this is definitely gonna be a lot of spoilers i just figured i'd realize that the panoramic or like the the intro shot is of like the andes and like eventually you come to realize like especially i'm going to the episode post that i made on instagram (laughs) um and you can see kind of like what the plane looked like and so i recognized that little portion and so just seeing it where the snow it's all freaking like it's just snow and then suddenly that little portion. Also, this is South American Spanish. 
So it's going to throw me off a little bit. Because, like, yeah. um, Mexican Spanish, I don't use, like, the vosotros and stuff like that. Also, I think the reason why I'm, like, so talkative, too, and, like, going to be pausing is because my medication's wearing off. So, no passing in church. <laughs> I would never dare. Not with my father. I'm curious to know who they make a main character. Not to say, like, there should be a main character in this story, but, like, I'm just curious to know who they, like, what stories they highlight. I think, was that Nando that made a guest appearance? I know he was involved in the movie and, and filming, but I'm so glad I'm watching this by myself. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking sure that's Nando. And he just made a guest appearance eight minutes into the film. I'm pretty fucking sure. Okay, I struggled to pronounce one of the people's names and it's they just said it's Kuni. And then this next one I struggled a little bit. Makiriain. I was I was almost there. I was almost there. Numa Dorkati is narrating. But he was the last person to pass. He passed. So now I'm just I'm overanalyzing this and I'm not allowing myself to enjoy this. Okay, so one thing I did not mention when I was researching this is they had a camera with them. So there are photos of them that they took while this was going on. And so right now they just took one of the last pictures. It was the last picture that was taken before the flight went down. On the plane, they are, um, I think it was Gaston, I'm not too sure is describing um the flight path so y'all you know what it didn't mention that they had to stop in montevideo they completely skimmed over that part i wonder or so far they did um so when they flew they had to fly they couldn't just go over straight they stopped in in argentina they couldn't just fly straight across the andes which would have been the you know quickest shortest from point A to point B kind of thing. But because um, the mountains were very high and then the plane that they were, that they charted, they couldn't, um, had a max height of pretty much like the peak of those mountains there. The person is describing how, hey, we're going to fly a little bit down south. Then we cross on the shorter aspect, shorter, shorter part of the mountains. And then boom, we're in Chile, we're in Curico. And then we hit up north, boom, we're going to be landing. So they were, they were so fucking close. Oh my God. Oh, they haven't hit. Oh no. Oh my God. From their seats, they can see like with a cockpit, in the, with a cockpit pilot's seat. Oh my God. Oh my God. What? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my god. I just got fucking chilled. I have goosebumps. It's got videos. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh trigger warning. <laughs> um like the movie will say. <sighs> I literally just paused it right now because I, I need it. I need a moment. Oh my god. So when I... 
there i when i looked into um this oh my god um what <laughs> they didn't describe in detail what happened but and I haven't read any of the books that the survivors have written so maybe they described it in there but like it's I already thought that it was already crazy to survive a fucking plane crash like that in itself is holy shit like and when they were describing like how the plane crashed like there i don't remember like super detailed other than like hey they lost the one wing and the other wing and somehow the tail broke off but i never figured out or found how it came off and it just like kind of explained it a little bit but wow um i definitely watch this when you're don't watch this if you're not in a good headspace i think this is pretty fucking intense wow this is gonna take Two, this movie's two and a half hours. It's gonna take me way fucking longer. Like the fact that they fucking survived that fucking miracle that so many survived, especially so many survived. Like, I don't know if this is hitting me harder because I look so much into this. And like going into this, I had many moments of like putting myself in their position as best as I mentally could. And I'm like, just imagining I literally got on a plane while I was researching this. And I was a little, 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 little racking, not gonna lie. But I don't know if I could have done the same thing after watching this. I think I would have needed some time before. Okay, they found a valley. We found the water, they're drinking from it, which is like, <gasps> it's a bearded dragon. It's a human being! <laughs> it's Sergio! Oh my gosh. Oh my god, I'm getting goosebumps! <laughs> oh, this isn't being rescued. I'm getting goosebumps, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> Maya, hold on. Wow. Uh, I actually cried. A little bit. Wow. I didn't know where this was going to go. If anything, I didn't think that I was going to have enough content to make an episode out of this. But like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about it, like doing this to be like what I, um, what were the differences between the research that I did and um what was shown because like none of the none of the was very involved in this so i was like okay it's gonna be pretty true to what happened and there was a couple things that i because there was so much information there's a couple things i didn't really mention so in the some of this i think it's only gonna make sense if you watch or listen to the episode that i did i didn't i i don't think that i put this little portion that like before roberto had mentioned it to like the group of like to verbally speak like speak 
and say that in front of everyone about um, basically cannibalism. Nando had briefly mentioned it first to to someone and then other people were talking. So like a few people were kind of like, okay, someone already mentioned it. I think it was Fito and, and Carlitos. I'm not too sure. But it was the conversation was a lot more casual than what I thought it was going to be. I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, but when they were talking about, you know, um, cannibalism, they're like, uh, what about God? You know, is it legal to eat the dead? It's like organ nation and the Numa. Oh my God. I couldn't find that much information about Numa. So the fact that they really centered had him be kind of like a main character. I don't know how to explain it, but like him being, uh, I think, I think it makes sense what I'm trying to say. God, this just the way that they went about this it was so, so good and keeping true to what happened as well. Granted, this is just based off what I've read because I haven't read, again, any of the survivors' actual books. Um, but Numa was like, hey, consent is needed. And then I think it was Nando that was like, hey, I proteina fuera. And this is, he said that when in the movie, he was literally holding his, his, his sister, was holding Susie as, as she was dying. They were like eating laces. Like they were eating a lot of things too, because they were hungry. So they were like eating laces and like um, eating cigarettes. And then Coco Nicolish ended up writing a letter to his parents. And I didn't know that. I don't remember reading much about how some of these people ended up writing like notes to their, to their loved ones. Um, one thing that it didn't, it's also very curious to notice what they omitted in it's only because like uh of like interviews with the survivors or like um like direct kind of quotes and stuff like that so it was interesting um i i wanted to read the survivors books but even more so now i'm also talking really fast because that assignment yeah i have to go do that finish that before i go to sleep i'm also very like into this so i'm just like blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> um I knew that the Strauch cousins were involved with like um, getting the the food. I'm just gonna say food because I don't, yeah, getting like this sustenance to them. I, I didn't realize how super involved they were. Um, in the movie, they said that there were sixty six missions and seventeen planes, and I didn't get that information. But I like it was just like a shit ton of hours that they ended up doing. Um, Ooh, one little thing that I wanted to, I also wanted to use this as a way to correct myself if I missed anything or anything like that. Um, so in the beginning, when I was researching some of this, the, like, the moment of, like, um, them, or the few moments of them, like, kind of crashing and, and hitting and crashing and everything like that, um, how some people had flown out of the plane, some sources weren't super great and there was kind of like mixed information about okay yes it was only two people um like carlos and 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 daniel that were the ones that that got like ejected and and there was a couple very few that was like oh yeah they a couple of others got thrown out of the plane or whatever it wasn't super anyway so it was just like okay so they some people did fly out maya what are you doing did you get stuck? My dog has a cone of shame on. I think she got just stuck. Oh, the adrenaline of this. Okay. So when I was, from what I gathered, they were asleep when the avalanche occurred. And Rory was the one like that woke up and, 
and like heard it, whatever, in the movie, they were awake. And I kind of like what they did in terms of like um, how they showed like the good moments that they had, like, you know, that they're, they're smiling, they're laughing, like in the moment you, they're, they're being the young adults, the young people that they are. And they're awake when the avalanche happens and Roy was the one that stepped out of the plane. He unburied himself. And then he was the one that was like getting unburying other people and um, helping them get out and everything like that. I only saw this like in very few sources compared to other ones in terms of like mentioning that there was a second avalanche right after. And so that's one of the things I was very much so curious to know if they were going to do that. And they, and they did, they, they, they did show that that second avalanche occurred and the Numa turned 25 years old on October 30th. Um, I forgot how much, how many days they were buried. I forgot they were buried for several days, but yeah, they were buried for like four days. I initially got the impression from the information that Roberto was the first one to make the initial like cut to obtain the sustenance. And he definitely did do it. And like the, the, the way that I pictured him going about it is how he went about it in the fuselage after the, like the, um, the avalanche um and then numa this entire time has been like trying to help and be he was such a big part of this like you know they, they all were but i from the research that i did i didn't realize how significant and so like out of frustration um he wants to get out of being buried under the snow and so he's like kicking this one of the glasses or something like that one of the glass windows or something like that um and he gets like he kind of like loses it and starts kicking it and gets a small cut and then that it's 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 so small it's so minor maybe like nowadays even then just maybe a couple stitches antibiotics and you know you're all set there was this conversation with one of the people i think his name was arturo was um was talking to um to numa and a lot of them you know south american Latina, religious, Catholic, you know, or just religious, not specific Catholic, but a lot of them were like, oh, what's God going to think this and that? And, and so, um, Arturo, he was like, and I basically was saying like, I believe in the God or I, I don't necessarily believe in, in the God that you believe in or something. He's basically saying that his faith is not necessarily in God. Um, that anymore it, it turned into those around him like he, the person's like i believe in robert i believe in nando i believe um in the god that nando has in his legs because he kept like he like just yes, the strength that this person had and he's like i believe in god i mean i, mean, I believe in roberto and nando the dead friends have passed um so one of the other things that i did mention i wanted to mention is like because I always forget too, is this happened um, October, November, December. October, November, December up here in the Northern Hemisphere is winter time to us. But for the Southern Hemisphere, it's not. And so I think it was approaching spring. Basically, it's like the opposite. Um, And so, yes, it was like our winter time, but it wasn't their winter time. So like the snow was going to be melting and that ended up being like a good thing for them. Day 36, there was like a four attempted a trip. Numa went for sure and 
and Roberto and I think it was also Nando and Tintin. I'm not too sure who the other one was. They were all going to try to find like the tail end of the the of the plane. And again, Numa had this little cut on his on his leg and it was getting infected. And so he they were like walking and then like he faints or I think he like faints or something because he's like takes a tumble. And then this is when you get a visual of the wound for the first time since like like the initial injury and it's getting infected. And so the other three go on to go find that tail end and then returns back. And and so it, he had this morale, like like he was very realistic, but then had this morale about him. A realistic morale, I don't even know. But like as soon as he went back, like his demeanor, like I just feel like it completely went away after after that. And then Numa ended up um I think it was to Nando was basically like I because he that's I was very confused I thought he didn't eat any of the meat or any of the the people like at all at all but see this is why I gotta read the books that they the, that they wrote because I'm like I need to know what they I believe their words um but even I mean he didn't eat even if he did he did not eat enough like the others did and so he he was still like starving but he was the one that was like hey you know you have the consent to be an organ donor and everything like that while he was laying down or like he was laying in, in his place his spot he um he was like you can use my body you can um you can eat me if you need to when i was doing this i noticed i came across photos of the actual survivors where they were and so it was Tintin was the one that ended up taking a lot of the photos. And yeah, I just want to mention that. They were talking to Numa and, and God, I don't remember who it was, but it was like, hey, don't, don't give up. And Numa says, I'm not giving up. I'm dying. And I'm just, fuck. And then he's later on, he's talking to Nando and he's like, hey, I've accepted that I am dying, but I'm not getting out of here. And he says, like, it makes me so happy knowing that you guys are going to make it out. And, oh, my fucking heart, dude. Because, and that's what makes it even more impactful is, I guess, for me, uh, like, knowing that he was the last one of them to die. It was just, like, I don't know, there's something about that that hit so fucking hard. Um, but, yeah, I remember when I was reading this, I didn't find much information about Numa. And one of the few things that I did find was that he had died like of an infected wound or something and I had completely forgotten because they there wasn't much on him. So yeah, on December 11th, 1972, um, he, uh, Numa Turkati, um, passed away in his sleep. There, in the movie, there was a, um, a note in his hand and it kind of like made his way around to the, the people and um, I think it made it to Roberto last, but like, you you can sense his hesitation to kind of like do what has to be done and it gets mentioned to him a couple times like hey you actually have working legs in a sense like you're you're totally able-bodied compared to like a lot of us here and like you're you're not the weakest here you know you're pretty pretty strong considering but he says the note breeds no i no i am more más grande there is no greater love 
than that who gives their life for their friends. And in the movie, Roberto reads a note, and then he's like, tomorrow we out. In the movie, or in in the research, they made two trips in saying that one of them stayed, or a couple of them stayed behind in the fuselage with some rescuers, and then the next day they were flown out by the helicopter. So I don't know. I mean, film-wise, I it makes more sense to be like, hey, you know, we got them all out. We'll just like skip that little part where it says we got them out in two different trips. So it, it just made me start questioning. I was like, did I get something wrong? I don't know, but either way, I, I get why they did that for the film, if that's why they did it. But yeah, holy shit. Wow, I was not disappointed. Like, I, I was afraid that I was gonna... <sighs> I think y'all can tell that that I um, thoroughly enjoyed this movie, that I <laughs> will continue to tell people and bring it up, and it's gonna be my hyperfixation for I don't know how long, but... It really, uh, it put it into a different perspective in terms of like, this hope, <laughs> like the strength, just when you think you can't, like you just push forward because you're like, what else am I going to do? Yeah, uh, please tell everyone to watch it. Please. It is such a beautiful movie, not only, like, for the story and everything, but, like, the way that it was made and filmed, like, aesthetically, cinematography, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna stop talking now. I don't know really how to end some things. Maybe it's ADHD. I know how to start stuff, but I don't really end things. Anyways, yep. The men's are running out of my system. Run, run, you can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. Okay. Yeah, well, I hope you guys enjoyed the commentary. <laughs> I don't know. Um, thanks if you made it this far. I want to go to sleep. I hope you guys, um, I'm really bad at this. Hasta la vista, baby. Mm -hmm.